um, know me? Just put your hand up. Oh, gosh. May I have the, um, the volume up on the fallback just a little bit? I'm suffering with a little bit of a, a hearing loss, not because of age, Chris, but because of something else, which I'm going to get checked out, and God can heal. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me for one moment? Father, it is a great privilege this morning. Come on, put your hands in the air. It's a great privilege to be in your house and to be called by your name, Jesus. It is a great privilege this morning, Father, to bring our worship and, and all that we do here this morning. We pray that we would honor you. We pray that this word, Father God, is not just a message, not just a sermon, but something that will nestle in our hearts, Lord, that we can take away tomorrow. We can, we can apply that tomorrow and we can apply that throughout the week. And so, Father God, we pray that you bless our time together. And Lord God, let your grace follow us. Let your favor come upon this time as we submit it to you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd have your way. Everyone say amen. amen. We ask that you have your way in our hearts today and in our lives as we attempt to honor you through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is a, a, a wonderful privilege to be here this morning. Uh, as uh, Chris had announced that uh, I was on staff many, many moons ago and uh, enjoyed our time here. God took us off to other pastures and now on to another pasture. But it's great to be a part of your fellowship here this morning. Great to be a part of this worship. Who enjoyed the worship? Didn't the band do a great job? We need to thank God for a band that has a heart to worship. Amen. And, uh, and, and look, looking over the band, I saw Esther up here. And uh, Esther, I don't know, how long has it been since we worshiped together? Yeah, don't say the number. Just <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, just wonderful. I want to thank Pastor Mike Keating, who is not here this morning. He's preaching in another pulpit. I want to honor him and give thanks to God for his kindness, his friendship uh, to my life. He's been a, a, a pastor, my pastor. He's been a friend. Um, he's been a confidant. He's seen me at my highest and he's seen me at my lowest and he still chooses to have uh, faith in God uh, in his abilities in my life. And that's the sort of pastor you have. That's the sort of man that is serving here at this church. Um, I, uh, my name is Dean and uh, I have a beautiful wife. I don't know if we have those photos. Um, this is us on the Titanic um, in a recent cruise. My wife, beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jane, and uh, she's the love of my life. The next photo is, I um, can't remember. Oh, there's my grandkids. Uh, that's little Trey, uh, Alia and Zaylee, and um, we just uh, love going out for bush walks together. So uh, that's part of my family. I don't think I had another photo, did I? N not of the dogs and the budgies? I didn't want to bore everyone with the budgies. We've got new budgies and they're just loud. Um, and my agenda in preaching this message this morning is threefold. Number one, uh, to please him who has called me. To please him who I am privileged to stand here this morning in this beautiful church to bring this message. And I think that's the, the first and foremost. That's, that's the premise of everything that I do this morning is that he would be honored and that I would disappear somehow. It would be great at the end of the day you'd forget who I was, but you remember Jesus. It would be great at the end of the day if you, you, if you forgot 
some of my message, but you remember that Jesus loved you. Can I hear an amen from this side? This side's on fire. It's okay to say amen. Somebody give praise to God. Yeah. Oh, who, who was over this side I saw just earlier on? Oh, Dave and is that Steve? Steve, God bless you. Who else? So good. I'm, I'm trying to see. Oh, this, this young man here, Colonel Sanders. Um, I'm, I'm fighting Neil. God bless you, Neil. Good to see you, mate. And your beautiful wife. There are all the mistakes out of the way. Uh, so, so, so to please him is first and foremost in our life, amen? The second one is that this message will, will do more than tickle your ear. It'll do more than, 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 than satisfy a, uh, a need that you've come to church and heard a message. Uh, I want it to go beyond that. I want to be able to uh, locate the Father's heart and Father's will in your life right now uh, th- through more than a message, but some thoughts I believe that's from heaven. Is that okay? I hope it's okay because that's what I'm going to do. And that's that you somehow walk out of this service changed. Oh, we don't like that word, do we? Changed. Has your pastor ever spoken changed? Probably many times. If I know, know Pastor Gary. Gary. Oh my gosh, see, my memory's coming back. So good to see you, brother. Praise the Lord. The, the third uh, motivation that I have today is to help you Put the devil and his cohorts on notice. I want to put them on notice this morning that you will not be intimidated. You will not be silenced. You will not bow to mediocrity. You cannot be bought, seduced, enticed, entangled, deceived, or lured away from his will. Let's put the devil on notice together. The devil has had a, a field day in our lives, mine included, it's because we let him, we allow him through many and various different reasons. I'm not going to go into them today, but sometimes we just allow the enemy to overtake. And we wonder why our prayers don't get answered. But today I want to put the devil on notice. And if we get an opportunity afterwards, I've only got a short time. I haven't started preaching yet, Karen, so my time starts in about 10 minutes' time when I finish my introduction. <laughs> if we get a moment at the end of the service, I want to pray for people. I want to do a collective prayer. But I want to bring your prayers to fruition. Not that I can, but that this word will somehow nestle into your spirit and and, and find its home and find an agreement with God this morning that the enemy has no more right over our life. Who here has had prayers that they've hadn't had answered? I have. Prayers over my family. Prayers over my work. Prayers over my finances. Who's had prayers over their finances that have not come to fruition yet? I'm believing that today, maybe not today that it happened, but today it is set in stone as we break some things in the power of the Spirit today, as we put the devil on notice that we're going to release finances, we're going to release those prayers so that God can have His way through us. Because God doesn't have a problem, he has a, but we have a problem, and that problem is the old man. I'm not talking about you, Gary. I'm talking about this old man. We've got to get out of the way so that God can come in and do amazing things, amen? Well, this morning I had a video introduction, but the video technology um, hasn't worked. Not that it's your fault, it's probably my fault because I didn't set it up properly at home. 
Oh, it's working, is it? Oh, this might be embarrassing. Can I just preface this with, um, it took me about five minutes to put this together. <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead and play that. Hello, JN316 operative. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, the Father has assigned you to your current location. Your assignment, go immediately. Take the Father's message you have already been entrusted with and deliver it to all who would receive it. Make them JN316 operatives. This is your mandate. All you need for this assignment has been personally dispatched through the Father's own agent, JC316. This was done at his last assignment, the Passion Initiative. You will find detailed instructions in the toolkit located in the pages of your Bible. Read the instructions carefully and have the faith and confidence that the Father is always watching and working on your behalf. You will succeed in this. This message will self-destruct at the end of the age. talking about missions this morning that was a bit corny wasn't it i thought maybe just throw something together that wasn't actually me that was my brother glenn okay matthew chapter 28 verse 18 i'm going to read but i want you to turn to turn with me to john chapter 3 put your finger in john chapter 3 and also 1 thessalonians chapter 5 okay so john chapter 3 and 1 thessalonians chapter 5 you got your bibles this morning I want you to get your Bibles out, blow the dust off it, and open your Bibles to John chapter 3. We're going to read the whole chapter, uh-oh, of John chapter 3, and we're going to read the whole chapter of 1 Thessalonians. You don't mind reading Scripture here this morning, do you? Praise the Lord. I, I've got my Bible because I read from my Bible, but um, you know you're getting old when, when your iPad sort of grows. You've got to get a bigger iPad, and then you've got to use large, large text to see the thing. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, we know this uh, very, very well. When Jesus said in verse 18, he said, um, Jesus came to him and said, All authority, everybody say all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, God has placed everything that he has in his power and in his, in his authority on Jesus. That make sense? Did he place some authority or all authority? All authority has been given to Jesus on, in heaven and on earth. And verse 19, therefore, this is the reasons he, he's coming up with. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Everybody say, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age what an amazing scripture now we know this scripture but sometimes we allow this scripture to become very uh comfortable and and we sort of agree agree on it at a distance 
But this morning I want to bring that home a little bit further. Because in this scripture we have an authority, a command and a promise. All authority, the command to go and the promise that I will be with you. So in John chapter 3 verse 16, are you there? So let's read the whole text this morning. Like I said, I want to take some time. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very, very truly, I tell you the truth. In other words, this, that was a true statement, but I'm going to give you some more revelation. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are, everyone say the word, born again. How can someone be born again when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter the second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you. That was true, he says, but I'm going to give you further revelation. Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water, of water and of the Spirit. Now let's just stop there. What does that mean? Born of water and of the Spirit. Now, we, just so you don't know, medically, when you were born, you were born in water. You were carried in the womb. In your mother's womb, there was water around you. So that's what it means. Very, very simply, a natural birth. You can't be born again unless you are actually born the first time. Born of water. But then Jesus said, then you've got to be born of the Spirit as well. And that's the miracle of transformation, going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Having Satan as the father of us, of us all to having God now being our father. Does that make sense? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Uh, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Verily, truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our, our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Everybody say, in Him. For God, in verse 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Another person say, hallelujah. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever, whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, 1 Thessalonians, are you there? Is your thumb there? Come on, flip those pages. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And my Bible has the heading of the day of the Lord. Verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. You know we're living in the last days right now. We've been preaching that for years. And we've been preaching it for centuries. And if it was, if it was true back then, how true is it today? We are, the, 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 if you're looking at a clock system, we are at almost 12 o'clock. If you look around the world and see what's happening in America, and if you go into the, uh, or the you can go into the conspiracy theories if you like, but I, and I do, but if you look at it closely, we see the devil's hand ramping up. I want to see God's hand ramp up as well. Through, and he does it through his church. So he's coming like a thief in the light. Let us not be taken unaware, amen? Verse 3, while people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as a labor pain on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you brothers and sisters are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Everybody say sober. That's just not talking about drinking. That's talking about having a right mind, which drinking puts you out of the right mind. So there's a correlation. Putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, that means we're alive or we're dead in the grave, we may live together with him, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing right now. Before I go into verse 12, who's excited about that scripture? Who's excited that we, that we have just read the scripture that Jesus is coming and that, that we're at the end days and that we're to encourage each other with these words? Give me an encouraging smile. I'll make you a deal. If you smile, I will. Verse 12. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Pray for your leaders. Honor them. Amen. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Oh, ouch. That's a bit harder, isn't it? Easier to pray for your leaders, but to live in peace with others? Sometimes others make it very difficult, don't they? But the command is, live in peace. And if the command is to live in peace, guess what? You can actually live in peace. Chris. Where was I? Verse 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. There's a warning. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray sometimes. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, a will of Christ, uh, the will of God, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's the will of God? To give thanks and pray. 
Rejoice always. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Let's just look at that for for a few moments. The one who calls you calls. Uh, The the original uh, word is kaleo. And I'm going to mess up all my Greek because I wasn't a very good Greek student. But that, that word means calls by name. Do you know that you are called by name? That God knows you? You know, the Bible declares that you are knitted. You are framed. You are, you are put together. And He knows you well. When you're in, the, in your mother's belly, He was there. He understands your makeup. And so He calls us by name. The other, the other meaning for that word is summons, to command. And so He calls us because He knows us. And he knows our capabilities. And if God calls you to a mission or to, 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 to a church or to a workplace, then God understands that within you already is that ability. Because he's called you by name. He knows you. He understands you. He says he is faithful. And that word faithful is pistos. That's where Jesus often said to his disciples, oligopistos. And that means, oh, you of little faith. And that wasn't a gentle, uh, um, kind remark. That was a, an, an actual rebuke. Oligopistos. Why do you have such little faith? But he says that you, he is faithful. Pistos means reliable, trustworthy, and he will do it. The, word, the phrase he will do it, I won't go into the, the, the Greek word, but poio, I think probably someone's going to correct me later on. It means that I make a manufacturing constructor act. Isn't that awesome? Faithful is he who calls you and is able to complete in you what he's called you to do. Somebody get excited about that. In Romans chapter 8, 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works within us because he knows us. He understands us. He was right there. And so God is able to do and perform the very thing he's calling us to, the command. Now, if you haven't already guessed, we're talking about mission. It's an old-fashioned word, right? It's, it, it's, it's a word that a lot of churches get rid of. We go to outreach, we do all that, and that's all great. But mission, think about it. We have a mission by, sent by God. We have been given a task. If you want to use another word, young people word, an assignment. We don't like assignments at university, do we? Any university students? None? You're finished. Everyone's finished. Wow. So God has given us a purpose. Now, watch this. God works in everyone that loves him. Now, God is always at work helping and designing and trying to bring people closer to Christ. Is that true? That's his Holy Spirit. So he's always at work. But watch this. For those that are called by his name and has a, have a purpose, he is in a, an active role in providing a way for you to do that. 
Hallelujah. We don't have to work it out. You don't have to get all bent out of shape and, and try and think of what God's word is and how it all works. All you have to do is live your life. Is that Paula? No. I, I'm getting my focus in. So what purpose? What's your purpose? What is purpose? What is mission? What is the assignment? Before we can understand that and answer that fully, let me briefly explain, explain Romans 8.28. God's job is to call and empower. Your job is to love and obey. When we love and obey and we walk on this earth as we should walk in righteousness in God's power, He empowers us and he, the one who calls us will empower us. Amen? In other words, it's conditional. If you, then I. Have you heard that statement before? If you do this, then I. Oh, but you say God's not conditional, Pastor. Well, He is. Let, let's look at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, If my people... Oh, there it is. God is saying, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal the land. So this whole thing about God's power is conditional on our behavior, on our belief, on our love, on our obedience. Amen? If you want the power of God to be active in your life, in your family, try obedience. Oh, I don't like that, Pastor. Can we finish now? You were doing so well until you got to obedience. I don't know about you, but I'm Australian. I don't like being obedient to people tell me to do, do something. I want to go the other way, right? But, you know, I've come from being an Australian. At the age of 14 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. And now I'm no longer Australian. I'm kingdom of God. I live in Australia. My heritage is Australia. But now I've got a greater heritage. It's called the kingdom of God. And all the values of Australia must fade away in comparison to the kingdom of God. Got a few amens out of that one. That was all right, Joe. So when you love him and when you're called by his name for his purposes or pursue his will, God is able to work things out. I want God to work things out for you. Amen. Don't you want that for your neighbor? Don't you want that for people that don't know Jesus? Let's be obedient to him. So from these two biblical narratives in John chapter 3, 16, and from Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, I want to couch them together into your hearts that we know in our minds to be true and we accept in our spirits to be correct and to connect his word to our actions. Because in many cases, that's what's missing. We know the word. We have it in our hearts. We love it. We, we understand it in our minds, um, but yet sometimes we don't put it into action. Is that right? You know, the Bible says faith without works is. We know the scripture, but we have to put faith together with works. We've got to do something about it. Uh, I haven't written this down, but there's, uh, there's three salvations that I can see in the Bible. Let's go to the first one. First one is Christ at the cross. Christ provides salvation at the cross. What he did brings a, 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 an answer for our sin. We are saved by grace. His grace. Let's, go, let's jump to the second salvation. That was the first salvation. Let's jump to the second and go to the third. The third one is when Jesus comes back, we are ultimately saved from everything. Amen? 
which we're really looking forward to. Amen. God bless you, brother. But the second salvation that no one ever really preaches about, no one really gets to, we sort of hint around it, and the, 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 the salvation that we see through the epistles over and over in every writings in the New Testament is the salvation of behavior. Faith without works is dead. What's the point of saying I've got faith and I believe God and yet my behavior says something different? Now what does the Bible say? We'll overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is your behavior preaching? What is your, uh, uh, your language? What is, that, what is that testifying about what you say you have? And so the, the second salvation is critical to how we live and how we communicate God's love. Because let's face it, for God to love the world, it's all about God's love. And yet the church does so, so many amazing things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. I'm not saying we shouldn't be uh, invested in the children's life. And God bless you for doing that because the community needs it. And you are here to provide that. And God bless the church for, for, for providing uh, food and, 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 a, and, a, and a safe haven. God bless. We should do all that. But it's more than that. Church has got to be way, way more than that. What's the point in people receiving that if they haven't received the power of God? If they haven't received salvation? What is the point? Faith without works is dead. And let's look at John chapter 3, 6 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 24 together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God had, has a mission. Everybody say mission. This is God's purpose, amen? His purpose is to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. Guess what? It's worked. I'm looking at people that God had a mission over. Because you're in the church. You're here today. You're in faith. You're believing God. You're learning more about God. So his mission is working. His mission is always to others. In verse 24, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. His ability to do it through you. So in other words, when we become born again by the Spirit of God and our behavior starts to change to reflect our testimony so that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, what God, what God did at the cross with Jesus, we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, guess what happens? Others begin to see God. Who wants others to see God in their lives? Amen? It, it, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Has anybody here ever had uh, a, a, a moment where someone says, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah? I had that the other day. And uh, minding my own business, reading my Bible with a cross on my back. <laughs> Not really. The other day someone said, I, I bet you you're a Christian. And I asked them why. And they said, well, you don't swear like us. You don't talk about those jokes. I actually walk away when I hear those jokes. You, 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 don't, you don't rag on the bosses like I do. So that's why I think you're a Christian. In other words, not only is my, uh, uh, the blood of the Lamb in operation in my life, because that's in operation, my testimony is speaking. Amen? It speaks to them. With, they don't even, I don't even have to go and preach. Hallelujah. Who wants to preach? 
Not many, eh? But you know what? You preach every day. You are preaching a message every day. Let that, be, let that message be on God's love, amen? Let that, be, let, let that message be God's compassion, God's healing power, God's grace. Let that message go to others because the Bible says he will leave the 99 and go find the other. You know what? If, if, if God was here right now, he is. Bad, bad illustration. If he was sitting in this seat right now, guess what he would do? Probably leave us all and go find someone that's lost. That's what the Bible says. He will leave the 99 and go find that one. And so because that's his heart. His heart is love. His heart is full of love for all of us. And it's not God's design to suffer any that they should go to hell. I don't want to be a prophet of doom and, 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 and speak judgment on the nation and judgment on people. That's not my business. That's God's business, amen? So my job is to bring love. How did you come into the kingdom? Was it through judgment or was it through love? It was through love. So the Bible teaches us that God has a plan and a purpose and a mission and then he empowers us to fulfill this mission. Our joy, everybody say joy, not because we've got her sitting on the front row, but our joy is to bring God's love to others, amen? I mean, come on, don't you live for that? Don't you love when people's lights go on and they experience God's love? Amen? And this morning, if you've not experienced God's love, get ready because God wants to pour His love on you. God wants to bless you out of your socks. You can keep it. You can walk out with your socks, but He wants to bless you. God's power is available here today. Well, then, Scripture tells us His plan for us is lost souls then whoever should believe that says whoever not certain ones that we like <laughs> see what sometimes i've had those moments i don't think god's going to save them I don't, I don't like that person let's be honest here we, we get are you a human being like i am i'm not perfect your past is not perfect and we have all sorts of thoughts running through our minds and we and we think those terrible thoughts of others and yet Thank God we have scriptures to back us up. We, we, we say, uh, we cast every thought and, ima- uh, and a vain imagination under the cross, right? Under the foot of Jesus. We've got to catch it. We have those thoughts, but we've got to capture them, right? And we put them under the cross. But God's mission is for others. Everything we do, I promise you, if you begin to live your life for others, your life will be the fullest it's ever been. When you begin to sow into God's plan for your life, so into the mission field that I'm not just talking about overseas and God bless you. And where's that couple that were going overseas? God bless you for having that heart to go to another, to another people. But it's more than just sending a few, it's being the church. And it's being the mission field that, that runs through you to others. We've all got others in our life, unless you're totally insulated. Unless, Unless you live by yourself, you never go out. We've all got an other in our life, amen? I want you to think of a person right now who's another. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever. Who's that soever in your life? Are you praying for them? Can I encourage you to keep praying? Can I encourage you to more than prayer is to let the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony meet together 
so that they can see God for themselves. His mission is for people. His heart is for people. Our heart is for people. His mission is for your family. Thank God for that, eh? His mission is for your friends and for those that are lost. And so I want to suggest to you that because we are in the church, because we are found in faith, because we have come out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, that His mission becomes our mission. What He believes over us comes to fruition. Amen? By this, John says in verse 35, John chapter 13, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say love.